jumper on the way. He hits, and it's a three. It's a franchise record, 54 for Carl Anthony Towns. Wolves cast, audio on demand. Gibson struggling to get it in, finds Wiggins. Andrew around a town screen, inside of midcourt, launches the three, at the buzzer, banks it in. Andrew Wiggins has won it at the buzzer. Lots it up ahead. Tyus rises up and slams it with the right hand. Taj Gibson with a defensive play of the game. It's over, it's over. Celebrate Wolves Nation. Welcome into another episode of Wolves Cast Audio On Demand. John Folke alongside Cal Soderquist here on the Timberwolves Radio Network. And coming up on this episode, we'll have a conversation with Anthony Tolliver, a guy who's always ready and will tell you one of the keys to being always ready in a routine that he puts himself through. Plus, we've got Taj Gibson in his own words, and this one is a lot of fun as we find out what Taj would be doing if he wasn't a basketball player. Plus, we learn about his culinary skills as well, so you want to stick around for that. But first, Cal, as we kick off the show and begin really the unofficial second half of the season, and I don't even know why we call it that. We are (laughs) way past the midway point of the season, but uh, the back end of this regular season here for Minnesota, want to take a moment to kind of look back at the first part of the year and give out maybe some awards and think about you know what this team needs to do to really become and chase down one of those playoff spots in the Western Conference. So first, why don't we start with who was your MVP for the first half of the season? Well, I think maybe it's an easy selection, but but Carl Anthony Towns, you know, fresh off his second All-Star appearance, he spoke about it a little bit, but the emotion of, of gaining that all-star berth and getting that nod and recognized by his peers for everything he went through, uh, you know, even the last off season into this season. And also the fact that he just kind of makes it look routine now in terms of some of the stat lines he puts together. Um, so he's my selection. And, and I really think too, that he would be the first to tell you he even wants another level of consistency from his game. He still battles the foul trouble at times, but the season he has put together so far, the first two-thirds or, or whatever it is, has been impressive. And I think the fact that we sometimes overlook it and have to double-take at the box score is, is another testament. I'm going to go in a completely different manner, <laughs> and I'm actually going to say Jimmy Butler is the MVP okay. because that trade it netted Minnesota some key, key pieces in Dario Saric and Robert Covington. And I was going to say Covington the MVP because you see uh, how much he impacted this team when he was healthy. And when he left uh, dealing with that bone bruise, you definitely saw the, the hole that was left from yeah. his game. Uh, but we'll go with Jimmy because you think about that, you know, where this team was headed with Jimmy Butler on it. They made the postseason a year ago. Uh, he leaves and in the trade and you bring back two players that fit perfectly with what you're trying to do and the modern NBA. And I just think that, you know, how that all worked out for Minnesota, not just this year, but as you look a year down the line, two years down the line, the impact that those two guys could have and throw Jared Bayless in there too, because with all the injuries that Minnesota suffered at that point guard spot, if they wouldn't have made that trade, they wouldn't have had Bayless on the lineup and think about it. Derek you Rose, or I out there potentially. <laughs> Derek Rose, Jeff Teague, Tyus Jones, all down at the same time. If you didn't have Bayless, you would have been signing guys to 10-day contracts. So I'm going to give my MVP to Jimmy Butler in a weird roundabout way. <laughs> uh, but I just think, you know, what those guys, Covington and Sharich and, and, and throw Bayless in there, 
can bring to this team are going to be very crucial as uh, we move forward. All right, looking ahead to the back half of this season, you know, Minnesota, they've been hanging around that 500 mark, a couple of games uh, uh, within 500, drop a couple back. Now, uh, to make a serious run, to string wins together, they haven't really been able to put together uh, an extended winning streak. What does Minnesota have to do? What's the biggest ingredient to try and climb back into that playoff picture? Well, I think we've heard Ryan Saunders mentioned it and, and several players, but it's it's that execution down the stretch. And we've seen in the last few weeks all the close games Minnesota's been in. They've won a few of them. They, they've lost several of them. And oftentimes it does come down to execution. And I think this team has done a good job of, of staying together th- through those tough times and through the injuries, playing shorthanded. You go on uh, you go on the road and have some subpart road trips, but everyone is kind of held together through this and, and I think that's a good sign during this kind of sprint to the finish and, and really it will just come down to getting a few of those bounces to go your way and you can help your case that way uh, by executing, by getting stops. Don't don't allow second chances, secure rebounds and then execute your offense and, and get the shots you want and sometimes that's all it takes to rip off uh, several consecutive victories. So that's what I'll be looking for is just executing and this team kind of growing together, growing into Ryan's system and and getting more comfortable in close games. Yeah, I really think for this group, it starts on the defensive end. You know, they've proven they can score with anybody and uh, they've got the versatility and the firepower to do so. But when they lock in defensively and Alan Horton has the number, uh, if they have a defensive rating of 104 or below, it's almost automatic. They win games when they do that. And so we can run through every other metric and everything else. But really, it comes back to that. When you defend you win and certainly that holds true for this team so getting those consistent defensive performances I think will allow them to suffer through nights where the offense isn't clicking uh, where some shots aren't falling and you still find yourself in a close game you get stops you win games so hopefully Minnesota can do that here in this sprint to the finish all right we'll take a quick time out when we come back Anthony Tolliver always ready we'll tell you how next right here on the Timberwolves radio network the season is here, and unforgettable experiences are just waiting for you and your group. Catch the pack in action and get in on pregame performances, player high fives, photo ops, and more. Find your experience now at Timberwolves.com slash groups. Minnesota Timberwolves, all eyes north. Wolves cast continues. John Fokey with you. Still to come, Cal Soderquist will return. We go three in the key, previewing the unofficial second half of the season. We'll get our front runners for MVP and hit on some other topics as well. Plus, we've got Taj Gibson in his own words. What would Taj be doing if he wasn't hooping? Well, we'll find out in our next segment. Right now, though, we check in with backup power forward Anthony Tolliver, a guy who always seems to be ready whenever his number's called, no matter whether he's been in the rotation or even if he hasn't played in a number of weeks. And as he told me, it all starts with how he prepares and routine that he puts himself through after every practice. Over the years, uh, you know, I've always been a consistent worker. I'm, I'm, I'm a big believer that it's more important to do something every day for a short amount of time than you know, once a week for a long amount of time, you know, so I just try and be very consistent with it. Um, but it really just kind of morphs, uh, you know, however I get my shots in the game um, with whatever team I'm on, whatever offense I'm a part of. Uh, so, you know, every year it changes a little bit, but I have, you know, the basic, basic things I do every day. And we watch you, it starts in the corner and you've got wing shots, you've got top of the uh, top of the key threes, and it seems like you go at game pace. How important is that? I mean, it's everything. Uh, I mean, if you don't uh, simulate 
as much as you can, a game speed shot, a game speed type of uh, uh, drill. I mean, it's, to me, it's kind of pointless. Uh, you know, if you're going to shoot a different shot um, in practice than you are going to shoot in a game, you're not, you're not, you're not preparing for the game. So for me, it's all about, you know, once again, not going out and doing it for an hour after practice. Uh, it's more so like 10 or 15 minutes, um, but, you know, very strategic and go very hard. And it seems like you mix it up so it's not just catch and shoot, but it might be catch and dribble. And there's different variations to each spot as you go through. Absolutely. Uh, like I said, it, it just depends on, you know, how uh, I get my shots um, with whatever offense I'm in. Um, you know, sometimes it's more, you know, catch and shoot. Uh, you know, playing the three right now, uh, it's a lot more catch and shoot than it is pick and pops. Um, you know, but when I'm playing the four, it's more pick and pops and, uh, you know, spacing to to get to the to the spots. And so, uh, you know, I always kind of work on everything, uh, try and work on bad passes, you know, have my coaches throw me a pass at my feet, throw it up in the air, uh, throw it to the right, to the left, um, just so that I prepare for every single type of situation so that I, I'm comfortable shooting it in the game. And is there a certain number you need to make from each spot? I, I sometimes hear you kind of counting, but it's it's a foreign count to me. How do you keep track of it? Yeah, so it just depends on the drill. Uh, on a spot shot type of thing, you know, uh, I might do 10 for 13, uh, you know, on each spot um, for a movement type deal where it's a little bit more, um, you know, or I'm running into the shot or picking and popping into the shot, you know, I'll do a little bit less reps, but still um, high percentage. It's all about high percentage. It's about efficiency. So uh, if I don't hit, you know, 70, 80 percent of the shots uh, on that particular spot, I have to start over and do it again. And how important to finish like you do at the free throw line. So you're shooting maybe with the legs a little bit tired, the arm a little bit tired. Yeah, of course. I mean, it just I always kind of finish. Uh, pretty much every drill with free throws. Um, that's just kind of how I work it in. Uh, you know, always got to continue to work on free throws as well. It's very basic, obviously, but um, once again, if you don't if you don't practice it, it's going to be, uh, you know, a little nerve wracking. So when I get to the free throw line in the game, literally in my head, I think oh, I've done this a million times. I'm going to shoot it well. In the game, same thing. It's just I get a corner three or I get a wing three. I've done this a million times. So just do what I do, right? Like it's just, there's no pressure at that point. It just becomes routine. Now, growing up, you remember the game around the world where it's kind of you shoot from the corner. Shoot. That's kind of similar to the way that you go. So I imagine at this point in your career, you're pretty darn good at playing around the world. Yeah, I haven't played around the world since I was a kid, <laughs> but I, I would probably beat most people at a, the game of around the world because, uh, you know, that, that's, that's, it's, it, it, my shooting routine is a version of the around the world. It's a lot more shots um, than just hitting one or two from each spot. But, um, you know, I think I, you know, I'm pretty good at uh, the drills and stuff that I've kind of come up with. And, uh, you know, it, it's, 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 it's relate over into the game and, and it really helps me to stay focused on what I need to focus on. With around the world, were you a chance guy? You know, you get to that one, you miss the first oh, one. Of course, you... I mean you gotta you gotta have one chance, right? I mean, you know, <laughs> it's it, to me, it's and that's all I need sometimes is one one chance, right? You know, I remember, I've always you know kind of had a knack for shooting. So, um, but you know, once once you get into a rhythm, it's one of those things. It's all you need one every once in a while is just one chance, and then once you get that one chance, you can rip them off. And finally, just with a routine like this, how does it just keep you? prepared so that uh, when your number is called or isn't called that you prepare the same way and, and you're ready to go? I mean, that's what it's all about. Um, being a pro, I mean, 
been in the league 11 years now, so uh, you don't stick around that long without being consistent. Um, and so for me, that's what it's all about is being consistent, uh, consistently working, but also uh, being consistently ready um, so that when your, when your number is called, you can still be successful. You know, uh, earlier in the season, going about six weeks without playing and then playing, you know, 90 minutes in three games. I mean, you know, I still, as far as my percentages and stuff, have always kind of stayed consistent, even without consistent minutes. So, uh, like I said, that's what, uh, that's what I strive for is just to be uh, reliable and be available. Sure, it's fun to watch AT go through that routine after practice, especially with how fast he goes running through that at game speed. And trust me, he is not a guy that you want to play around the world against because AT will win. All right, stay here. Taj Gibson in his own words coming up next on the Timberwolves Radio Network. The Timberwolves are back, and so is College Night, presented by U.S. Bank. For select home games, college students can get upper-level tickets for $10 by using a valid.edu email address online. Visit Timberwolves.com college for more info. Minnesota Timberwolves, all eyes north. Welcome back to Wolves Cast. John Fogey with you here on the Timberwolves Radio Network. Still to come in our final segment, we go three in the key, previewing the back half of the season, take a look at some of the front runners for MVP and more with Cal Soderquist. But right now we shine the spotlight on Taj Gibson, the consummate pro, and get to know him off the floor a little bit in his own words. If you weren't a professional basketball player, what would you be doing and why? I would be a firefighter. Um, growing up, I always had it in my head I wanted to be a firefighter. My parents knew I wanted to be a firefighter. I still want to be a firefighter to this day. Um, that's just something I always wanted to do. I always, I always was around a firehouse near my neighborhood. They would always give out the uh, chocolate chip cookies and milk. And I always liked that about them. If you entered a cooking contest, which meal would you choose to prepare and why? I would say I would cook breakfast. I would cook some um, healthy style breakfast in the morning. Uh, I love cooking breakfast from egg whites to scrambled eggs to uh, grits, uh, baking uh, pancakes, French toast, strawberries. I do the whole thing. Um, I'm not a big cook, but I can cook breakfast. What was the last movie you saw in the theaters and how was it? Last movie I saw in theaters was a movie saw Sicario. Um, it was about a Mexican uh, drug cartel again going against the CIA. Um, it was a weird movie, but uh, it was fun and I enjoyed myself. Who's the biggest prankster on your team? I would say the biggest prankster on my team would be Carl, Carl Anthony Towns. He's he's a real funny guy. He likes to do jokes and stuff, so I would say Carl. Uh, who is the first person you call with good news and why? I would say, um, I would say my best friend, uh, his name is uh, his name is Charles, but we call him Easy uh, because he's when whenever you tell him any kind of good news, he's like he's never high, he's never low. He doesn't give you any kind of response. You can be 
super hyped and super happy like yo we just got the part we just won a million dollars he'd be like oh so um yeah he'll he'll just he'll he won't be hyped he's just that one awkward guy like you you like you're not happy you just want a million dollars he'd be like million dollars is nothing he'll just he just always finds something to down it but yeah that's that's him Fireman Taj certainly can see that in his future, but I tell you what, if Taj wanted to start a breakfast diner, I would be there in a heartbeat. Fun stuff from Taj in his own words. All right, stay here. We go three in the key next on the Timberwolves Radio Network. Experience the pack like never before with the official mobile app of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Whether you're at home, at Target Center, or anywhere around the globe, the app is your remote control to all things Timberwolves. Head over to the App Store or Google Play to download it now. Wrapping up Wolves cast, John Fokey rejoined by Cal Soderquist as we go three in the key and take a look at the sprint to the finish here of the regular season in the NBA. Cal, what do you got three in the key? So the second straight week, we have just a slight tweak to the format for three in the key. We're focusing on three key questions as we sprint to the finish of this season. Our first key question, who's your MVP? We've had three quarters almost of the season to look at it. Who you got? I think it's going to be Giannis, and his numbers are incredible. 27 points, 13 rebounds, 6 assists, uh, over a block, over a steal per game. The guy's been absolutely incredible. His squad leads the Eastern Conference uh, for much of the first half of the season. They've just been incredible. He was uh, you know, the one of the top vote-getters for the All-Star game. So I would say that Giannis is my front-runner. My dark horse, and I talked about this last week in terms of the All-Star game, is Paul George. I think Paul yeah. George is putting together a masterful season, maybe not getting the headlines of Giannis or James Harden, but I think he should be in the conversation. But I will give the edge right now to Giannis Antetokounmpo. Harden's my pick. It's not splashy. Sometimes his game isn't aesthetically pleasing, but he's my pick. I, I think he'll continue this run. Our second key question then, uh, who, who comes out of the Eastern Conference? We saw a lot of teams make additions at the trade deadline earlier this month, and uh, you could really make a case for four or five different teams who you got coming out of the East. You know, you really could, and you could also make a case that uh, with all the additions, how much time do they have? How quickly can they come together? You know, I think a team like Philadelphia certainly bolstered itself uh, across the board. Their starting five is is ridiculously good right now, and they've got guys with some experience. You know, their young core uh, got some experience last year in terms of being a playoff team, and the the extended winning streak that they had to end the regular season and getting out of the first round. So I, I really think Philadelphia's got a good shot at it. Uh, I think Toronto is just, you know, a little too new and they just haven't quite clicked. And it's hard, honestly, Cal, to bet against the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, Mike Budenholzer's been in this situation before. He had a 61 team in Atlanta and they did not climb out. Now they were facing LeBron James in the Eastern Conference at that time. So uh, looking at all of that, I'm going to give the edge to Philadelphia. I just think they've got some veterans. They've got some guys that have been through those types of situations, and I think they will prevail in the East. Well, I like the Toronto Raptors, and and similarly to Philadelphia, they have a lot of guys that that can be matchup nightmares. They have a, a lot of size, a lot of athleticism on the wing, and I think Marcus Gasol is a guy who can fit in rather se- – like you said, it's going to be quick to try to get all these parts to gel together. I also like that the depth is there for Toronto yeah. to try to lean on at times and some of those series that can become a grind. All right, finally, and this could relate to our last question, but 
Is anyone ultimately going to have a chance against this Golden State Warriors machine, or is all this really for nothing as we wait until mid-June? Boy, I hope it's not for nothing, <laughs> but I, I really think I would love to see the Denver Nuggets match up with the Warriors, although you know Denver kind of limped into the All-Star break. I, I like Oklahoma City. I really, uh, can you tell? I'm high on Oklahoma <laughs> City. We've talked about them a lot. Uh, I think they would be a fun team to see match up against the Warriors. I mean, as Steven Adams, DeMarcus Cousins banging down low, Paul George and, and Russell Westbrook flying around on the perimeter. If they get Roberson back and they are healthy, uh, they might be able to contend. The Houston Rockets are putting together an incredible stretch. I don't think they have enough, uh, but I would, if anybody is going to topple the Warriors, I would say it's either the, the Nuggets or the Thunder, but I wouldn't put any money on it. Yeah, I wouldn't hold your breath either. I think, like you said, there are, there are teams ready to give them some challenges and some adversity. But instead of caving to the adversity, I think this team, these players will thrive under it and, and win another one. Hopefully we're right. Maybe we're wrong. Either way, it's going to be a fun sprint to the finish, and we're glad you're along for the ride. That'll do it for this episode of Wolves Cast. We look forward to chatting again next week right here on the Timberwolves Radio Network. This has been a presentation of the Timberwolves Radio Network.